Okay, so yesterday I mentioned that I was going to move away from what humans are essentially to their migration. And what I said yesterday was I wouldn't do the human migration, I do another animal migration and then compare back to humans. Just as a just to hammer home this idea that, that we are animals. Now I've since found a, a, a midpoint of sorts. So first off, I'm gonna do a really quick recap on humans. Okay, so first and foremost, we're predators and we're prey. Very important. We're omnivores, okay? I mentioned our teeth and our eyes give that away, but our guts do also. So here's one for you. Give a lion nothing to eat but salad and give a cow nothing to eat but fillet steaks. See which one dies of starvation quicker, okay? We could survive on either or, or both, because we're kind of generalists. Or we're omnivores. Omnivores are nature's generalists when it comes to appetite, okay? So that's just one part of the whole omnivore thing I didn't mention. We can survive on nuts. We have the, we have the biology in our, in, our, in our stomachs. We have processes that will digest pretty much fucking everything. I mean, in comparison to most animals, we can pretty much eat everything. Anyway, we're mammals, we're warm-blooded, we give birth to live young, we've got hair. One thing I didn't mention is that we've got big brains. I mentioned that we're very adaptable and that, and that we have created clothing. I didn't mention tools either. So when we started creating clothes, we started creating tools. We'd long, we've long had a handle on fire and we've developed language so that we can speak to each other. Abstraction is a huge thing for humans. We can think. So an adult can explain to a child or a parent can explain to a child, you know, see that thing over there? That can catch you and kill you and eat you. Or worse again, eat you and kill you. But before we develop language, you had to basically witness that to understand it fully. But our big brains gave us the power of abstraction. And an abstraction is something that exists in thought, but doesn't exist in reality. So we can have thought experiments. We can wonder. We can uh, think abstractly. We're also bipedal, okay? We're, sorry, I also mentioned we're bipedal. Now, I just mentioned that we were, but I didn't give you the benefits of it. Now, one benefit is in carrying stuff. Give a dog something to carry. You know, he might be able to hold something in his mouth, but aside from that, he, he's no way of holding anything. Okay, and it's the same with any animal on four legs. If you're, if you're, if the four extremities, not extremities, what's the word? Appendages, the four things that stick out from the main torso part of you. If they're on the ground, if you're walking on all fours, you can't carry anything. So a big bonus of being up on two feet is that your arms are free for making clothes and making tools and carrying stuff generally. But anyway, that's just a quick recap on humans, basically. Now, the halfway point I want to get to between uh, humans migrating and another animal migrating, the one I'm picking is invasive species. So I'm going to pick a fairly well-known one. So it's rabbits in Australia. Rabbits were first introduced into Australia in the 1800s for hunting. Uh, you know, They brought half a dozen rabbits with them. They let them out in the back garden and they... People who brought them over knew they'd do their thing, breed like fuck, and there'd be loads of them. So there'd be loads of them to shoot and to eat, and sure, wouldn't it be great crack? Hop, skip, and jump a couple of decades, and there's hundreds of millions of the fucking things, and they're just running riot. They've destroyed most of Australia, it's fair to say. 
by burrowing and eating the shoots of young plants and just the, the ecological effects have just been catastrophic and we've done everything from poisoning them to setting them on fire to blowing up their burrows to plowing their burrows to using viruses i think we introduced myxomatosis to to kill them we've just we've done everything we can to kill every single last one of them down there and it has had limited effect but anyway this isn't an invasive species episode this is an episode where i try to convey the idea of migration but not migration per se one of the reasons i don't want to talk about human migration even though that's what this is about, is that when the, the rabbits were introduced to, like, the the rabbits landed via boat. I don't know where in Australia. They landed in some port in Australia. They were released out into the wild, and they spread. They ended up over the course of the coming years and decades, and indeed the last one or two hundred years, they spread across the whole continent. But you'd never say that they migrated. Now, I could probably do with looking up the definition of migration. Back in an instant. Told you I'd be back in an instant. So, the definition of migration is the seasonal movement of animals from one region to another. And I was like, the seasonal movement of animals from one region to another? But human migration wasn't seasonal, was it? It wasn't, by the way. But I'm there just kind of thinking. So I typed in human migration. And of course, human migration is the movement by people from one place to another, particularly different countries, with the intention of settling temporarily or permanently in a new location. So there seems to be a distinction between human migration and just straight-up migration. I'm just going to pick straight-up migration in relation to rabbits. Okay, move... Oh, sorry, I'm going to actually use human migration. What am I going to use? I don't know what I'm going to fucking use. Forget about fucking migration for a minute. When rabbits were introduced to Australia, they were introduced in one particular part and they spread like fuck. We'll use that term instead of migrated. They spread like fuck all across the whole continent. Now, they never did it consciously. They didn't meet in their burrows and go, I tell you what, right, you head north, I'll head west, and then over the course of the next hundred years, you will have completely covered the entire continent. No, they ran away from whoever let them out of their hands they found somewhere to hide then they had a snack then they bumped into a female did what male and females do in the meat in the wild they had babies the babies grew up they had babies they grew up they had babies and all of a sudden there was 500 rabbits in someone's back garden and it was like fuck there's not really enough food for us here so you We'll go over here, there's food over here. Oh, we've used up all the food here, there's food over there. And they just spread like fuck. One day a rabbit was chased by a fucking eagle or something and it chased it halfway across the country and it hid in a hole, found a female and it, it they spread. That's the point I'm getting to. Animals spread when they reach new areas. Now, they don't settle everywhere. They spread like fuck. But if there's parts of Australia that are too barren, let's say there's just not enough food to sustain them, there won't be big congregations of the animal there. There might be the odd one passing through, but if you want to go looking for rabbits in Australia or any country for that matter, you have to find places where they are first and foremost, obviously, but where they're likely to stay. There has to be abundant food. There has to be abundant water. There has to be a lack of predators. Okay, so the big problem with the introduction of rabbits to australia was there was no natural predators and natural predators generally they play a very important role in curbing the population of other animals so if you killed all the foxes in ireland 
just like that, overnight, just bang, just wiped every single last one of them out. There'd be an explosion in the rabbit population. And the opposite is, is, is true. If you could click your fingers and quadruple the rabbit population of Ireland, the fox population would explode. Because there's just an abundance of food. So if there's an abundance of food, pregnant animals tend to have more babies. That's a, a general rule of thumb. It's not always the case. But generally speaking, if food is scarce, there's no point in an animal laying 10 eggs. It'll just lay the one. Okay? And most animals are like that. They don't tend to have big hatches or litters or whatever the appropriate term is when things aren't great. When there's an abundance of food, a lack of predators, the birth rates go up. Anyway, so... The point I'm laboring to get across here is that rabbits didn't migrate per se. They just moved. They just, like, like humans do. I mean, I've grown up and stayed more or less in the area that I was born my entire life. But friends of mine have moved to Australia. Some people go off for different things. But for the most part, we stay put. Now, my kids aren't likely to stay here. So there was four kids in my household They've all moved except me. I'm still in the same area where I grew up. Now, they haven't moved too far, but they have moved. And it's the same in nature. One of the young of a mating couple may stay and may claim that little plot of land or that little hunting area or whatever. And the rest kind of push on out because you have to make, you have to kind of create your own room. And that's exactly what humans did. Once humans, I would imagine, once humans got on top of their predation, so once they were smart enough to not go off walking looking for food without a spear or a sharp rock to protect themselves, or maybe they learned that if they travelled in packs that they'd be less likely to be attacked by lions. So little things like that their would have increased their populations. Another thing that would have increased their populations would be if they ran out all the predators. So if they actively said, I'm sick of being eaten by fucking mountain lions or cheetahs or tigers, let's kill the bastards before they kill us. That lack of predation would have increased our population. And with an increase in population, there's going to be a decrease in supply of food, so you have to go out further. So that's the point that I'm really trying to hammer home is humans spread as much as they migrated. It's easy to look back over the last couple of hundred thousand years and say, oh yeah, we started out here and we migrated here to here to here. And we did kind of, but I think a better way of phrasing it is we just spread. And where we settled is the important thing. This is the key point. Where we settled were the best places. So where were the best places for humans? Right across the world, the best places for humans to set up their civilizations seem to be river valleys, believe it or not. Okay, so when I say a river valley, what I mean is a river with a lot of tributaries the purpose of the river is it drains the land. Rain falls on fields or in forests. And instead of it just sitting there, it flows. It flows to the lowest point. The lowest point that's full of water at the end is what we now call a river. These rivers drain the land, which makes the land suitable for plants to grow on. If the 
land is all waterlocked. It doesn't care how rich the soil is. It's not going to sustain typical forests or grasslands or whatever else. So a key to our civilizations in the past has been river values. Think of the Nile. The Nile is the longest river in the world. It more or less stretches from the Mediterranean right down towards Ethiopia, say. So we would have had easy access to the Nile from where we started out. Okay, so at the mouth of the River Nile, you have, you've heard of it, the Egyptian civilization. Now, the reason the Egyptian civilization, or one of the reasons it was able to thrive, was because of how fertile the land was. We developed farming. That's something I'm going to tackle on a separate issue or on a separate podcast, should I say. We develop farming. What's key to farming, what farming doesn't work without, is fertile land. Now, the beauty of the Nile is that, A, it's fucking huge, and B, it floods its bank every year. And when it does that, it deposits fresh soil on the ground. So no matter how hard you farm it, there's always fresh soil and fresh minerals being deposited. So you don't have to be careful about using up all the nutrients in the soil, or at least not as careful with other river systems that don't flood their valleys. So we set up shop basically along the Nile, knowing that the farming was brilliant, we could sustain huge populations, and we had a a massive society. Okay, so that was still in Africa though. So we headed out across Africa, and the next place that we have a big civilization is called Mesopotamia. It's in between the Tigris and the Euphrates. So it's actually two river systems. Now that area, like along the Nile, seems to have been perfect for humans to settle and create towns and villages and society and culture and all the rest of it. I was about to say something about farming there, but I'm going to skip that to maybe the next episode because the whole farming brainwave is key to understanding how we've essentially managed to separate ourselves from the animals. Okay, we we still are animals, but we have separated ourselves from animals, and farming is, is probably the key to that. But moving out of Egypt then, the next one is Mesopotamia. Again, two river valleys. The next one past that then that we reach to is... Uh, the Indus River Valley civilization. So the Indus River, that valley, it had a civilization. Strangely known as the Indus River Valley civilization. Fucking miles away then, the far side of uh, China, you had the Yellow River civilization. And Norte Chico over in the Americas was the same. These are all built around river valley, river valleys, because the farming was so good, because you couldn't exhaust the land basically in summary we spread we just went everywhere we just went everywhere that we could go to either get away from people or in search of greener pastures we would have followed migrating animals we spread we didn't intentionally do anything and we ended up settling in certain places then we moved from there and we'd settle so We were probably well distributed across the world in bits and pieces, like rabbits are well distributed across Australia. But with us humans having developed farming, we picked the best places to settle, to stay for long periods of time. And the longer that we were living together in, you know, tribes, villages, 
towns, cities, the longer people stayed put, the more opportunity there was for education, the more opportunity there was for extracurricular activities. So you weren't, your time wasn't completely taken up by hunting and foraging just to feed yourself and your kids. There was an abundance of food all the time. So you got, you had the opportunity to prick about basically. And pricking about meant making better clothes. Pricking about meant making better weapons. Pricking about made developing receptacles that you could carry water in. And, you know, add in everything that humans have created ever since. It was all due to us freeing up our time, basically. And I'll chat to you tomorrow.